Hey, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, may we believe, help our unbelief, and strengthen our belief that we believe in you, believe in life, believe in the resurrection, believe in the power of the Spirit, that it gives us life that does not restrict our life, that you know uh, not just uh, our life and how we live, but our story, our past and our future. And you truly want to be our, our Heavenly Father, and you can be in Jesus. I pray for those uh, specifically today that are being baptized, their lives, the lives of their family. I pray for those who you're speaking in their heart, um, you're nudging, uh, you're knocking, and I, I do pray they'd respond uh, They'd respond to you. They'd say, I believe, and we would be able to celebrate it. Thank you for just our faith and and grow it. Grow it here today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you all. You can have a seat. Uh, As you do, I'm going to step down here today. uh, And if you could turn your Bibles to John 4. uh, John 4. And we're going to read a very familiar story about the woman uh, at the well. Before we do that, I want to talk today about uh, life, like your life. Uh, and if you hear nothing else, uh, you know, don't, don't check out too soon. Hear this, your life matters to God. Uh, and each life it is a beautiful story. Uh, it's a story of what's happened in the past, uh, what you've done, what you haven't done, also mistakes that we all have made. But uh, your story, uh, obviously you're here today, your story is not over. And the rest of your story uh, can begin uh, at any moment, uh, at any time. You know, one of my favorite uh, movies uh, is a movie called Dead Poet Society. And uh, I love the scene where Robin Williams uh, says to his students, you know, seize the day. That's what we always remember. But he also says, make your lives extraordinary. Uh, Make your lives extraordinary, which which is good, like self-help stuff, okay? But what if your your life is already extraordinary, and and yet still you feel like something's missing? Like, you know what, if you've got the the picture, and and it looks perfect, you know, not just white picket fence, uh, but resources, uh, but, you know, the vacations, but the, uh, you know... You're acknowledged in your community. You're a leader. You're chairman of so-and-so board. I mean, what if, your life is extraordinary, but yet there's still something uh, that's missing. What do you do? What do you do? Uh, this year at Bellwether, our theme throughout the whole year is Rise with God. So, so our, our work, our effort as a staff, uh, as a preacher, is to help uh, your life Uh, Rise with God. That would be your personal devotion time, your Bible reading, uh, your prayer life, to grow your personal relationship with God. And we're starting this month, January, with just a month of prayer. So each Sunday, we have uh, highlighted specific things, prayed for Bellwether first Sunday, prayed for baptism, prayed for reconciliation last week. Today, we close this. We just want to pray for life. So prayers for life, like your life, your life individually, your story, 
that God would move on it. That if you already claim Christ, he'd move even more in a greater way. I'm going to pray for your life, that your life matters. And God knows it and knows your story. Let's look at this story, a story of a woman. Uh, a story of a woman who actually probably does not live an extraordinary life, but she finds it. John 4, I'm going to read verse 1 through 15, and we'll stop. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar. I don't know if it's right or not. Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. A couple of things that I just want to highlight uh, in this passage, a little background. Uh, first, isn't it interesting that it says Jesus did not baptize, but his disciples baptized? Uh, I, I find that fascinating. And I also find it such an honor uh, to be baptizing some folks today. And we actually have another leader who's going to baptize uh, some of the folks today. The honor of participating in the work that Jesus has already done by baptizing them with his Holy Spirit. Uh, the reason this is, and this is important to know, because you read that, well, Jesus, I thought Jesus baptized. He does baptize. He baptized in your heart with the Holy Spirit. That comes first. So we, as his disciples, uh, get to honor him and be part of what he's doing uh, by baptizing in water. Jesus does baptize by the Holy Spirit, and he gives us, as his disciples, and maybe you one day, hopefully, will baptize a brother or sister, the gift of being part of the work that he is, he's already done. Something else to see in the background, uh, Jesus goes to places that you don't expect, and Jesus is at places that you don't expect. I say this because this is Samaria, a place where he was not supposed to go or be or travel through, and yet he went there. And so in your life, in your story, often I hope your eyes aren't blind and say, well, Jesus could never be there. I mean, Jesus could never be in a cradle of, like, explicit sin in a home, uh, in a wrecked marriage, uh, in a child or children that's gone astray. Jesus, he just can't, he is. Jesus goes and is in places where we don't expect. And we can find him there. And he'll be there. 
And what's also interesting about this place that Jesus was not supposed to go and was not expected to go to is that there's life there. Uh, there's, there's richness there. There's history there. Did, did you catch that? Because he went through Samaria, and then John writes about near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Uh, I say there's no accidents in Christianity. There's no accidents in the Bible either. There's nothing like random, even though we pass over stuff. He's saying that there's a history there. There's a story there. there there's life there. So even in you know, the dire, uh, in the dark places, there's a story that matters to God. Uh, even if you're in a place where you feel like the literal uh, presence uh, of evil, as we did in India walking through streets uh, where there's trafficking and, and young girls, there's still a story there that God cares about and wants to bring light to. Everywhere, there's a story that matters to God. We need to know that. So before we get into the woman, we need to know that, that Jesus goes where we don't expect and those places and those people matter to him, just like this, this woman did. Now, um, for our lives, what can we get just from a, these couple verses? Well, actually, we can get a lot. Just from these couple verses, the story of the woman of the well, the story of Jesus working on her, uh, says a lot for our, our life. First thing it says is Jesus always goes first. Uh, you need to know that, especially today uh, with the baptisms, Baptism Sunday, you know, we're thankful people have acted to say, hey, I'm going to come forward to be baptized. Uh, we pray others would act. If it's not today, another day, Easter, you know, but we pray that people would act. The thing that you need to get is before we act, Jesus has already acted. Jesus always goes and comes first to a place to our heart. You're like, no, it's, it's my deal. Like, no, Jesus is acting before you acted, okay? Uh, and while you're acting, Jesus is acting through that. Jesus always goes first. He always is working on you, even when you think he's not. Jesus goes first. So I hope you don't see, like, you know, your life sometimes as we pray for life. That, you know, we're just wandering around, and it's like, you know, a dark forest. And, you know, just wish Jesus would show up. He's there. He shows up. And our prayer is that our eyes would be open to see him in a friend, uh, in a family member, uh, in something that we read, uh, in Life, in a, in a song, Jesus will show up. Uh, sometimes the world uh, and the enemy, the devil, will blind our eyes. Jesus goes first. He's there. Not only does Jesus come first, Jesus comes to us. Okay, Jesus comes to us as a person, a person. Look at this. It says, verse, uh, verse 6, he was wearied, and then he asked for a drink of water. Jesus not only shows up, he comes to us as a, as a person, a real, live, human being, flesh that got tired from walking, uh, that got thirsty. As he said, I thirst on the cross. It's different from all other religions that God became a person. And so I say that because that, a lot of you are like, well, it's Jesus and it's God and, and great that God comes first, but he just doesn't get me. And he just doesn't get you know, what I'm going through, he gets it. He suffered. Uh, he has uh, lived uh, in a family. He, he has seen uh, dysfunction in relationships. He saw dysfunction in his disciples. Uh, everything that we feel and go through, he's been there. He's been there. John, First uh, John 1, 1 through 3, John says, you know, we saw him. We ate with him. We touched him. 
We lived with him, you know, real, live, you know, flesh. He came to us as a person, as a man in history, and he comes to us today. And he's still, he's still fully God and fully human. Not going to get into that. But he is that today. He knows. He knows your deal. He knows what you're going through. He has been there. Not only does he come first, not only does he come as a person, but when we, when we hear that, we question. A lot of you are just questioning me right now. A lot of you may be saying, man, get to the baptism. A lot of you are saying, like, uh, man, you know, give me a break, you know. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm here because, you know, it's the week between, you know, the Super Bowl. So, you know, I, this deal about Jesus that you're saying, it's true, y'all. It's true. It, you know, this deal about Jesus, we question because we, we have rebellion in our hearts. Me too. We'll question pastors. We'll question, question authority. We'll question God, just like the woman questioned Jesus. He's talking to her face to face, and she's saying, hey, you know, how, how, do you, how do you ask me for a drink? You're not supposed to do anything with me. I mean, she's questioning, like, you know, what's your, what's your deal here? What's your game? What's your plan? Uh, he's offering life, and she questions. Same deal over and over again. Jesus offers life to human beings, and they question. You know, I don't know if you can do that. Uh, you come to me? Uh, you're calling me? Um, you call me to be a disciple? We question constantly. Jesus comes. He comes to us. He's done everything possible. And our nature is rebellious. And, and we question. But what this passage then shows us is that Jesus is a giver. She questions. And Jesus, look, look at verse 10. It says, Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God. And who it is is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Verse 10, given. Jesus is a giver, and far too many of us, maybe you, know him as a restrictor. A restrictor of your life. Oh, well, you know, I'll do the baptism to get the fire insurance, but, you know, like to fully give my life to Christ, I mean, that's really going to restrict my life, Uh, you know, whether, you know, either I can't uh, party like I, I wanted to or like I used to or I can't, uh, you know, pursue or fulfill the career that I wanted. Jesus is going to restrict my deal because it's my deal. And too often we see Christ restricting our life and our walk rather than giving us life. And the gospel is Jesus comes to give. Jesus comes to give life. It's not like a bad gig. Bad things will happen to you. Maybe, you know, more bad things will happen to you when you give your life to Christ, you know. know, Happy day, you know, good news. But sometimes that can go down. But it's life. It's life in Christ. And I really, man, I hope and pray. I mean, you hear me on this too. Jesus is not a restrictor. Jesus is a giver. And too often many of us know Jesus solely as a restrictor and not a giver of life. But right here he says, no, I'm here to give. I'm here to give a gift. Other thing that we see here, he wants to give, we still deny. We question, we deny, and we will rely on other things for life. Look at, look at the woman at the well. Moving down, verse, uh, verse 11. The woman says, you have nothing to draw the water with. The well is deep. Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. Stop right there. Again, nothing random, no accidents in, in uh, the Bible. She said, are you greater than our father Jacob? She is relying on her history. Uh, she is relying on her reputation. 
And how often do we do that? Hey, I'm guilty as charged here. Rely not on our salvation, but we rely on our reputation. Amen? Amen. So, hey, a lot of us think our salvation is our reputation. A lot of us live that our salvation is how people think of us and how we're seen in this city, in our world. And, and that's the woman at the well. She said, okay, you can give this, but I've got a history here. You know, Jacob, I come from him, and I've got, I've got a reputation. I will I'll rely on that and not trust in you. And too often, we don't rely on Jesus. We rely on our, our, our history. We rely on what I love, you know, our people, and our peoples. We rely on them. We rely on our reputation, and we walk in our reputation. Even as, and look, guilty as charged here, okay? Reputation as a pastor. I'll walk in that, and I'll be, you know, you can be consumed. Some days high, oh, they think well of me. Low, oh, you know, they think I suck, you know, whatever. Or, you know, it's just up, down, roller coaster. When you really, truly walk in your salvation, when you really, truly walk in your salvation, there's a freedom. There, there's a lightness, literally a lightness. You can, you can move forward, and you're like, man, God, God is for me. He's a giver. He's not restricting my life. That's awesome. That's what I hope and pray for those who are baptized. We'll know there's, there's freedom there. You know, there's, there's joy there. But I want you to know Christ as and to rely and to walk in your salvation, not your reputation. And then last, he goes on, Jesus gives. What does he give? He gives life. He gives life. True life, full life, abundant life. He says, I came so you'd have life and life in abundance. He says, the water that I give, you will never be thirsty again and will well up in you, well up in you, living water and, and flow forth. If you really look at that passage, Jesus is talking about the outer world and the inner world. He gives life for our world so that we'll never thirst again because we're always seeking and we're never quenching our thirst, seeking things on the outside. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's wealth. Maybe it's a second home. Uh, maybe it's just being famous. You know, I read a quote. Uh, Jim Carrey said it. Jim Carrey, you know, not like he's the great actor. I mean, he's some good stuff. But he said, I really wish, I love the quote, though, I really wish everybody could be rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed so they would discover that that is not the answer. It's like, man, amen, brother. That was great. Say it again. I really wish, and Jim Carrey, see, rich, famous, you know, done it all. Really wish everybody would be rich, famous, and do everything they dream so they realize that is not the answer. Jesus gives water for the outside, and he gives water, life for the inside to fill our hearts. Fill our hearts. The question for us, and it is a question, do we respond like the woman at the well? Do we ask? Do we invite? Do we receive? So what does she do? When he says all this, the woman says, Sir, give me this water. Give it to me so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. The question for us is, do we ask him? Do we invite him? Do we receive him? And it's very easy. It's, it's simply saying, Lord, I can't do it on my own. Lord, I can't do it on my own. Help me not to think that I can do it on my own. Come into my life. Give me this, this water. When we do that, the rest of our story begins and the rest of her story begins. I love, anybody, let me just see a show of hands. 
who, who loves Paul Harvey? I mean, I know, Paul Harvey, remember the rest of the story? I love the rest of the story. I'm old-fashioned. I like living in the 1940s. But I love, like, Paul Harvey, Americana, and he would always go the rest of the story. What's interesting, so I love, like, doing this, and then what's the rest of her story? Because a lot of times we focus on the rest of her story. The rest of her story is, well, you know, she's had five husbands, at least five, maybe got one now, and Jesus knows. And he says, you don't have to be ashamed. Hey, I know. So those, you know, don't know if you got five husbands or not, but uh, it's okay. Jesus is saying, no shame. Whatever it is, she's saying, you don't have to be ashamed. The rest of her story is that she learns worship. You know, we have worship today, but worship is a life. Jesus says, worship in spirit, Holy Spirit, in truth, the truth of Christ. And she goes. She goes, if you read the rest of John 4, she goes into the city and tells. And it first says, Many believed. And then if you read further, it says many more believed. It's interesting. So internal in her life, Jesus says you don't have to be ashamed. The inner life. You can live in the present in worship. It's a life and truth. And you can go to others. Uh, and many will believe. That's her story. You know, what's your story? Uh, too often we think about what our, our story has been or what it is and not what it can be. Let me say this. When you see your story, your life, tied up, wrapped up in the great story, the rest of your story will begin. When you see your story tied up in the great story, the great story of God, God giving his son to begin the salvation of the world, to make all things new and all things right, and that you play a part in that story. You're, you're, you're a real-life human being that has a purpose, that has a mission, that can live on mission. In your job as a businessman, as a doctor, uh, as a housewife, as a son, as a daughter, as a student, you're playing in that role, in that story, the great story of God making all things right, all things new, just like the woman at the well saying, hey, I'm not ashamed of my past. Hey, I can live a life of worship, and I can go to others, and they will see Christ in me, maybe through words, maybe through actions, maybe just, just how I go about my life. And the rest of your story can begin. And that's, that's what we want for the rest of the story to start and it does when you see what Jesus has done, that he comes, he comes to us, real person, that he's a giver, he's not a restrictor, and he gives life. So before we, we go into the baptism, I want to read some stories. I want to read the rest of some stories. Uh, young and wise, the rest of stories uh, that you'll see their lives uh, be baptized uh, after Jesus already baptized them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here are these, I'm not going to say names. I'm going to read testimonies. We love to do that before baptism. We read the testimonies because there's so much more to the life. There's a story that matters to God. First one. I realized I sin every day and Jesus died for me and was thinking about me on the cross. I asked Jesus in my heart. I want everyone to know it now. Amen. Another story. As long as I can remember, I've loved Jesus and committed my life to him. I want to be baptized to let the world know that I am a follower of Christ. Amen. Another story. I am nine years old. Listen to this. I am from a Christian family, so I grew up learning about praising God and serving Him. That was not enough, though. I needed to ask Jesus into my heart. I started talking to my mom about being baptized, publicly accepting Jesus into my heart. I still talk to my mom about it. We talked about lots of things, and I prayed about it, 
for I knew this would be a big, serious step for me as a little girl and for my Christian faith. On Christmas Eve night, when we talked about the baptism service coming up and what it meant, it was laid on my heart that night that this was the time and I was being led to do it. I was ready to publicly surrender myself and my heart to God. When you surrender yourself to Jesus, you start walking with him. He is always there to encourage you and lift you up. You never have to doubt his love, nor does he ever let you down. Another story. I grew up in a small church and was baptized as an infant. I am a, a irrigated Christian. Some of y'all don't know what that means. You can ask me like, I'm an irrigated Christian, uh, to quote JHT. Uh, never had the bolt of lightning experience, so to speak. Uh, the church has just always been part of my life. I feel very much led to be publicly bad, baptized at the age of almost 60. Uh, there is no doubt or hesitation in my mind or heart. This is exactly where I'm meant to be, and this is exactly the time for me. I feel this to the very core of my being. Help me, Jesus, in my cry in difficult times, and the peace that passes understanding is his answer. I want to go to heaven when I die. I don't want to go to hell. We have been talking about Jesus. Oh, this is the last story, by the way. I want to go to heaven when I die. I don't want to go to hell. We have been talking about Jesus. He died on the cross for my sins because he loves me. Me and my mom were praying in bed, and I asked Jesus in my heart. Jesus helps me to obey. I love God. Amen? You want to celebrate those stories? Amen? So, we're going to pray now, and then I'm going to kind of give you all some logistics, some instruction about what's going to happen. But before we pray, I just, then those are beautiful, powerful stories, because your life is a story, and it matters to God. And I'd ask you all, you know, is one missing there? Is one missing? Story missing? Story that wants to be shared? Maybe not today, but in the future, but maybe today. It can be shared. Power of God. Talked about that all service long, the power of God. So we're going to pray together for these lives and pray for all of our lives that God would uh, move us in a powerful way. And I know he will. Let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the lives um, that, that matter so much to you that uh, we're about to celebrate in baptism. Uh, I pray over these lives uh, that you are, uh, by a long stretch, uh, not, go- not done with the work that they will do uh, for your kingdom. And I thank you for that and celebrate that. I thank you for uh, just how, how awesome you are, uh, God. Uh, I mean, the grandeur, the wonder, the majesty, uh, the power uh, to move us on the inside and the outside as, as we act with people and go about our lives. And you give us a community of both the big C church and little C churches uh, to walk together in life and to share things in life. And above all, you have given us uh, salvation, life. You're not a restrictor. You're a giver in Jesus. Pray we see, pray we see what you've done for us in him, that you've given us everything that we need, that we can walk in our salvation, not our reputation, and be freed, freed from shame in the past, free to do your work in the future, unapologetically, in your power, in your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.